0: Welcome to the Center for Christian Leadership broadcast. Together we'll explore the crossroads of leadership and Christian living. I'm Dr. Stephen Smith, your host and fellow journeyer on this path that we're on to pursue a purposeful life. In each episode, we'll embark on a transformational journey that discusses the timeless principles of leadership that are grounded and firmly established in the wisdom of God's word. So whether you're a seasoned leader seeking inspiration or someone navigating the challenges of everyday life, this broadcast will act as a compass for navigating the intricate dance between leadership excellence and a life that models the greatest leader, Jesus Christ. Join me and our guests as we unpack profound insights, share inspiring stories, and embark on a quest to lead with purpose in every aspect of our lives. This is more than a broadcast, it's a community committed to elevating Christian leadership while embracing the transformational power of the principles that God has established in His Word. So let's dive in together and discover the extraordinary potential that emerges when leadership and Christian living converge. So this is a continuation of our study about how unbelief sucks. Yeah, I said it. We said that unbelief sucks, but what I want you to see is that unbelief sucks the dreams from our lives. They're leaving us helpless and faint, unwilling to, worse, yet, even unable to go on. Not only does it suck potential from us, but it also sucks us into things that keep us from realizing our full potential. Unbelief sucks fear into our lives, making us believe that there's no hope of deliverance. Unbelief causes us to worry about things that are keeping us from our aspirations and God's purpose in our lives. Unbelief sucks us into the states of doubt that God is either unable or unwilling to help us in our personal time of need. Worst of all, unbelief will send us on goose chases that lead us to indecision in our lives, always wondering what we should be doing. I guess the best way to put it is that unbelief sucks. So what we've done is we've taken a look at how unbelief keeps us from entering into the promised land. Unbelief is so powerful in our lives, we found that unbelief will actually prevent us from entering into God's rest. God has something very special for us. He has set us aside for something very special in our lives. He wants to get us out of the wilderness because that's where we'll die into a place where we can really see the full potential of our lives and how God wants us to live our lives. So if I can get into God's rest, that means that I'm leaving everything else behind. And in fact, Hebrews 3.19 told us, so we, we can see that the Israelites were unable to enter because of their unbelief. So we have to un- overcome this unbelief in our lives. And the moment that we do, then we're gonna be able to see our full potential in our lives. Now, we talked about how worry Can actually keep us from getting getting to where we need to be and worry is extraordinarily damaging to us because it it is a state of mind that gets us to a point where gee I'm worried about this I'm worried about that I can't make this decision because I'm worried that this will happen and what does it cause well we also found that it causes fear in our lives and fear will also keep us from keep us as a state of unbelief from entering into God's rest what we want to talk about today is doubt You see, there are four times in the Gospel of Matthew where we see that Jesus addressed unbelief, he addressed fear, and now he addresses doubt. How can we look at doubt in a different way? You see, if I have doubt, then there's things that are keeping me from my full potential. It's keeping me from entering into God's rest. So what I want to do before we get started on this particular study, I'm going to ask you four questions again. The first question is going to be, what is unbelief to you? You know, if you if you haven't seen any one of our other videos or heard our other podcasts, I really do encourage you to go back and listen to them and see how we talk about what unbelief really is. Maybe you'll change your, your thought, uh, thoughts about what unbelief is. Maybe you still believe that unbelief is a complete lack of faith in our lives. Maybe it's where Faith doesn't exist, that's where belief is. The simple fact of the matter is is that I can have faith and I can have unbelief at the same time. Didn't the father of the boy who had epilepsy say, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief? He said these things, believing that Jesus could help him to do these things. Well, we know that Jesus helps us out with our fear and he helps us out with our worries. How about our doubts? Let's take a look at where that is and where our doubts actually reside. Here's the second question that I wanna ask you. How has doubt kept you from your particular place of rest? How have you doubted that maybe God's promises aren't all true? How have you doubted and not fully gone out and given your all in a specific area? You know, when we find that doubt has held us back, it keeps us from every single potential powerful act of courage, from the things that we know that we can succeed in. Every single thing that God has created us to do, we can overcome and do if we can get past doubt in our lives. The third thing that we wanna do is we wanna ask ourselves, what's causing doubt in our lives? Is it the doubt of God's promises? Is it the doubt of my ability to be able to do something? Is it the doubt that God really wants me to do something like that? We have to look at every single one of these things and see if we can't recognize how we can change our lives and see it in a different light. The fourth question that we wanna ask ourselves is, how has doubt kept you from accomplishing more with your own life? I want to see or I want you to ask yourself, when have I doubted and why has it caused me to not be the best that I can possibly be, the best version of you, so to speak? If I can overcome that doubt in my life, if I can get past that doubt, then I know that I can succeed in every single aspect of my life. Let's take a look and see what the Bible tells us about doubt and how we can overcome it. We saw that Jesus addressed both worry on the CERN on the mount, and fear when the disciples were in the boat crossing to the other side of the lake, and Jesus calmed the storm. Well here's another opportunity for us to be able to see this. You know, Jesus is walking on the water, and Peter says, Hey Jesus, if that's really you, tell me to come and join you. So what does Jesus respond with? Well this is Matthew fourteen twenty nine. He says, Yes, come, Jesus said, So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong winds and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. You know, Peter's out there walking on the water. And he is not doubting, he's not fearing, he's not worried about anything. He's got his eyes on Jesus, everything that we've been saying about this. And then all of a sudden, he takes a look around and he says, wait a second, there's waves here. Oh, hold on, there's wind here. There's, what am I doing walking on the water? Have you ever gotten out in the middle of something and said to yourself, what on earth am I doing here? And then you start to sink. You start to falter. You start to lose all your confidence in these things. And in fact, that's how Jesus addressed this. Check this out. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. And this is what Jesus told him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Guess what that word is? That word is logiopistos you have so little confidence in me. Doubt in. It wasn't doubt that he was walking on the water. It wasn't doubt about the waves or the winds. It was his doubt in the fact that he doubted Jesus's call for him to come and walk on the water. If God tells us to do something, if he says, yes, go ahead and do it, then shouldn't we believe that we can actually do it? Now, I'm not talking about walking on water. I mean, that's a little bit out there. That's a little extreme. Peter did it. And Jesus told him to come and do it. What has Jesus told you to do? How can you overcome that doubt in your life and become a part of what God knows that you can accomplish? You know, Jesus was there for Peter when his faith failed. It's important that we don't doubt that God has promised us this, that he's not gonna lead us, he's not gonna forsake us. So we can overcome those doubts in our lives because we know that God has promises that he's there for us. But we wanna ask ourselves, what is causing doubt in our lives? Because if I can identify that doubt, then I know that I can erase that as well. And if I've gotten rid of worry already, and if I've gotten rid of fear already, then I can also get rid of doubt, can't I? So Matthew 21:21 says, then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt, you can do these things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. What's the critical element in this? Well, it's talking to something, but if I'm talking to a mountain and I'm telling it to get out of here, then the biggest thing that's going to keep that mountain from moving is guess what? The doubt in my life. If I have doubt, if I don't have confidence that I have the ability to be able to do that, if I can't speak to things in my life, then what happens? Doubt is getting in the way of me fully accomplishing what Jesus said that I can do. In fact, he said that we would even do greater things than what he was doing if we can speak to these things, but do not doubt. Doubt. So we have to identify where that doubt is and how we get that out of our lives. So the critical element that we need to use when exercising our faith is not to doubt. We have to have confidence in what God is going to do in our lives. He's going to come through with it. So if God's told us to do something, if he's told us to speak to a mountain, if he's told us to go out and speak in front of an audience, if he's told us to share the gospel, if he's told us to do each each one of these things, then we have to realize that I don't need to doubt that God has done that for me. So we wanna see how, how we can do this in our lives, right? Let me ask you this question. How has doubt kept you from receiving God's best for you? I mean, it's maybe a simple fact of, gee, I doubt that God really wants me. Does God really want me to have money? Gee, money is the root of all evil. No, the love of money is the root of all evil. So what we want to do is we want to recognize the fact that I know God so well, and the only way that I can do that is to read his word, study his word, find his promises, and apply them to my life. And the moment that I can do that, everything's going to change. So we want to continue to look through the word, and as we do that, we're going to see the solution for what God has in store for us. You know, Psalms 94:19. check this out it tells us when doubt filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. So David's going through a couple difficulties here, right? He has doubt in his mind about what's going on. Yeah, he killed a giant. Yeah, he killed 10,000 Philistines. Yeah, he was king of Israel. Yeah, he did all these different types of things, and yet he still had doubts in his life. And he understands that when God comforts us and gives us renewed hope and cheer that we can succeed, I can set the doubt aside as long as I'm seeking out what God has in store for us. God promised to comfort us. He's also promised to renew our hope if we trust in, the, trust in the life that he's promised to give us. Isn't it interesting that the psalmist would use the word comfort here? Isn't it interesting that maybe this is all a part of how the Holy Spirit works in our lives? If you have doubt in your life, and if you know that the Holy Spirit is with you, And if you know that God's Spirit dwells within you and God knows all things and God knows your future and God knows what you're supposed to be doing, don't you think that if you ask the Holy Spirit what to do, He's not going to lead you astray? He's going to say, Yeah, God wants you to go left. You should take a right turn here. If we do that, we know that we're not doing what God has called us to do. So we want to ask ourselves how does God's Spirit give us comfort and help to renew our hope and our cheer? You know, there has to be times when you've had supernatural renewal of the hope, renewal of the cheer that you have. And if you've never experienced that, I really do encourage you to start pursuing God and his spirit and his son, Jesus Christ, because all these things together will help you to overcome doubt in your life. You know, there's other things that we can take a look at, and doubt is just one of these things that helps us to overcome this. Now, this is Peter, the same one that doubted Jesus when he was walking on the water and sank down, but Jesus saved him, right? So Peter's overcome this, and look at what he tells us in 2 Peter one three. He says, by his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. Peter believes it, He's writing it. He's telling us that we have these things. Look at what else he says. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself, by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. I know that God's power is there for me. And if I get to know him better, then I can receive these promises that he has for us. I know that I can succeed in everything that I do. So how can getting to know God better erase doubt in your life? You know, it's a simple question, isn't it? If you were to get to know God just a little bit better, don't you think that you'd have a little bit more confidence in His ability to make a difference in your life? I'm sure that it would, it would help you do that. You know, he goes on in 2 Peter 1.4 and says, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. You see, these human desires can cause doubt in our lives. Well, does God really want me to have that? Well, how am I supposed to live my life? How does God expect me to do these things? I don't know if I have all the tools necessary to accomplish what God's called me to do. He's given you his promises live on those promises, take them and use these precious promises the same way that Peter tells you to use them. You know, this is the same precious faith that we have. This is the same precious faith and our confidence in the salvation to be able to take this and go to that next level in our lives. So what are the promises that God has fulfilled in your life? What has he already done for you? Has he given you peace and confidence about your salvation? Maybe that's a place to start maybe he's done something else maybe he's healed you in the past maybe he's put you in a successful position maybe you've seen success in your life in ways that nobody else could have ever imagined maybe you you were that miracle going someplace to happen and you made a difference for somebody else these are all the promises and the confidences that we've already seen happen in our lives right why can't you look at those and say if god's promised that and it came to pass then he's promised this that's gonna to come to pass. These are all promises that'll make all the difference in our lives. So what we wanna do, we wanna go through the, through these promises and we wanna make sure that we can overcome these doubts. Now here's a little exercise. I encourage you to download a copy of the notes down below or to take, take a piece of paper, write these things down, but here are four different things that we can do to try and erase doubt in our lives. Now once again, what we wanna do is we wanna make sure that we list all of these doubts. If I have doubts in my life, I wanna write down those doubts. I doubt that God loves me. I doubt that God's promises are true. I doubt that God really wants me to do that. I doubt that I can achieve these things. I doubt that I have the skills necessary to fulfill what God has for me. Identify what those doubts are. Because once you're able to do that, now what I can do is I can aggressively attack these. I can have that, that massive action plan that I need to be able to accomplish what I know God wants me to do, and the doubts will be erased. Unbelief will be gone and I can accomplish all these promises that he has in store for me. Next to those doubts, what we wanna do is we wanna identify what's causing those doubts. What do you have a lack of confidence in, remember where we saw that, in these doubts? How are these doubts preventing me from doing what I want to do, but what is causing that doubt? Was it failure in the past? Does, am I, do I need to look at the past and say, wait a second, that wasn't really a failure, or failure. I learned from it. I know that I won't make that mistake again. These are all ways that we can do that, but I have to identify what's causing that doubt because I, if I can identify the roots, now I can really get rid of doubt in my life. So the third question that I want to ask you is, is when have you seen God act in a situation where doubt was replaced by faith? You see, faith is our solution to doubt. If I can take faith and put it in where I've had doubt in the past, I know that I can succeed. I've I've never doubted that this chair could hold my weight. And the simple fact of the matter is is that I had faith for this chair to hold up my weight. We can have that faith about everything else in our lives as well. So what I want to do is I want to recognize the situations where I've seen doubt replaced by faith and success was a result of that. If I identify that, then I can see that God's promises have always been true in my life. Last question that I want to ask you is is I want to ask you to write out what life would look like if you were to trust God in every aspect of your life. In other words, if you didn't have doubt, what would your life look like? Would you be a complete success? Would you be entering into God's rest? That's exactly what God wants for us. These four studies have taken a look at unbelief and they've shown us that unbelief is preventing us from succeeding where God has promised that we can succeed in every aspect of our lives. If he's told you to do something, you've gotta believe that he can do that. And unbelief is the only thing that's holding you back. So why not go and attack this unbelief aggressively, get rid of that worry, get rid of that fear, get rid of that doubt, and everything is gonna be good. I wanna leave you with this verse. This is Luke 24, 38, and it says, Why are you frightened, he asked? Why are your hearts so filled with doubt? You see that we can see that not only is there worry, there's fear and there's doubt in that statement that Jesus was speaking to the disciples about. We gotta overcome these situations in our lives so that we can go out and be that miracle that God has called us to be. Thank you for joining us today. Our journey today facilitated a look through the lens of our Christian faith. Together, we discovered a special word from God that we believe will grant our spiritual needs if we allow it to. We encourage you to add this broadcast to your subscription. Share it with others whose lives will also be transformed. Let's build a community of fellow believers dedicated to following in the footsteps of our servant-hearted Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for being a part of this broadcast. And until our next episode, go forth in the challenges that you face equipped with the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Blessings to you on your transformational journey. I'll be with you along the way.